What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, aka the Penguin Gotham. You are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. I'm your host, Juwan, joined by my very good friend, Dane. What's going on, Dane? We're friends? <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> also, I'm joined by Nick. What's going on, Nick? Wait, we're not friends? Um, <laughs> I thought we all were. That's kind of what I started with, but okay, Dane. I'm your... Uh, I'm your friend, Jawan. Uh, I'll be your friend. I appreciate we'll psych- that, man. We need a psychiatrist to help us all. <laughs> we need you. Um, so, we we are waiting for Jello, who apparently can't call in uh, because it's not working. And there's no Kanan this week. Um, God damn it, Kanan. So, go ahead, Nick. I uh, just, like... He wanted to talk shit so much last week about Joel not showing up. I'm like, now he doesn't show up. And it's like, well, how are you going to talk shit about someone not showing up when you don't show up? I don't get it. Like, how, how many shows in a row have I done? I, I think I'm on a good streak. I've done, like, fucking nine shows in a row. And this motherfucker is every other show and then wants to talk shit about Joel being every other show. Like you can't talk shit about someone being every other show when you're every other show. That's all I gotta say. Wise words from our good friend Booker T and very encouraging words from Nick. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> all right. Let's um, while we are waiting to see if Joel calls in, let us start the show. Nonetheless, I want to start off with something that is breaking news to us because it's like the games don't really do numbers like movies. And apparently, um, Dane, Red Dead Redemption 2 is pulling insane numbers for its opening uh, of the brand new game. Talk to us a little bit more about its, its opening numbers, then. Well, what you have to realize is that Red Dead Redemption, it, 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 it uh, made so much money this weekend, so $600 million starting off fresh weekend, that it, it didn't just make more money than any video game. It's anything in entertainment. So that includes movie sales. That includes video game sales. That includes uh, albums that have dropped. So, it's yeah, I think the Rockstar... I think they might be a little bit happy about that, I would assume, Juwan. Like, that's, uh, that's pretty good. Absolutely. I mean, oh, hold on. I think we may have gotten Joel. Hold on. Joel? Damn it. Hey. 
made it. Yes, you did. What up? Just, just as a heads up, Joel, if you ever call in late and I sound that Wait, excited yep. to see you, it means we're definitely talking about you. Um, <laughs> Wait, y'all you, you, you don't remember that, like, the ad from the 90s? <laughs> Sorry. Right, I just watched Ant Man and the Wasp last night for the first time, and, like, mm-hmm. all of the, the little, like, uh, bits of dialogue are, like, stuck in my brain. <laughs> Yeah, no, movie. that movie was definitely a, a, a comedy fest. That movie was hilarious. Um, yeah, was but, great. no, let's go back to what Dane was saying. Uh, Dane, I like that you kind of made sure that you kind of threw an exclamation mark on the fact that you said it did the most for media, right? You said as far as uh, media? Yeah, let me let me list all the accolades that are listed on this um, article I'm reading from. Biggest opening weekend in retail sell-through across all entertainment releases – Second biggest launch in three days in retail sell-through across all entertainment releases. Biggest entertainment launch of 2018. Most pre-ordered full game ever on PlayStation Network. Biggest day one full game sales ever on PlayStation Network. Biggest first three days full sales ever on PlayStation Network. That's pretty good. If you build yeah. it, they will come. That is, that is huge. And what's funny about that is um, Spider-Man. Uh, for video games did insane numbers. Uh, only for Red Dead uh, Redemption 2 to come out and just completely obliterate it. Um, it was funny oh. because... Go ahead, I'm sorry. And let me update. It's actually $725 million that it made in three days. God damn. Yeah, that's insane. That is insane. Because um, we know Spider-Man did huge, huge, huge numbers for its release. But it's funny yeah, I think it was like 455 or something like that. Yeah, in, it was in the huge. opening weekend. Yeah. It was huge because it's funny because in the fan that we have, uh, as far as video games, everyone made sure to stay out of each other's way. So you had Spider-Man avoid Red Dead, you had Call of Duty avoid both, and then you had Smash Brothers. That's like, no, 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 we're just gonna end the year. Like, we don't want to be <laughs> anywhere near any of that. We're gonna we're gonna end the year on a high note uh, that we can kind of push into next year. Um, but it was funny because we always talk about how movies are so in-depth to, to separate themselves so the box office doesn't, you know, doesn't get swayed one way over the other. It's really interesting to see uh, that video games follow the same, the same kind of blueprint. Uh, so, Nick, I'll go to you. I know you really – I don't think you've actually played the new Red Dead uh, yet, but what are your thoughts on this game just breaking I, – I won't say breaking all these records, but hitting these huge numbers for its, uh, its first release. Dude, it's crazy. Like, I uh, I'm a big fan of the uh, first game. Um, my uh, my good good buddy uh, Dave Shruna um, owns the game, and we would play it. That was like the one video game he could get me to play. Like, I'm not like a big video game guy, um, but you know, we would we would like jam, like play play some music, and um, and you know drink some beers and like in between like when we're taking our set breaks like we play some Red Dead Redemption and like it, it was just such a fun game like being able to like just wander around like I always of course because I never like took the game seriously I would just go into a town and start shooting people and then climb onto the top of a building and then like wait for all the people to climb up on the building and then shoot them um, and just see how many people I could like kill before I would like ultimately be killed um, I think my, my, like, I got up there. Like, my number, my high number was, like, 40. Like, I was like, yeah, like, I'm a fucking baller. Um, but, uh, 
but nevertheless, like uh, the fact that this game is selling those kind of numbers is remarkable. Like I don't even think that the, the company in their wildest dreams could have anticipated this. Um, like Bane said, you're not only breaking video game marks, you're breaking every form of entertainment. Like, that is so crazy. And, like, props, big props to them. Obviously, the first game is, is um, like, like a cult classic. And the fact that they, like, waited this long, like 10 years, to, like, release the sequel... And now that they finally have it and it's finally released, um, they like I I honestly don't know how they've been able to like keep the momentum for this long, but they were and you know I mean it's like it's not even like word of mouth or anything. It's just like enough people have played the original game who really enjoy it um, that when the sequel came out, they were like, yes, I want that. Um, and enough people bought it, and it just tallies up. And, like, the fact that they were able to break the $700 million mark, that's just crazy. Like, it really is. And, dude, it, it really kind of shows you where we're going as far as um, the different forms of media. Um, I think video games are far far underestimated as far as, like, a huge um, selling point. And as far as, like, just the way that these these new age video games tell stories and have these, um, like, uh, cut scenes in between all of the action and everything that you get to control, um, they, they really do a great job of telling a story. And it, it just makes it all the more interactive and all the more fun to play. Um, it, it, it's like you get the best of both worlds. You get to play a video game and you get to watch a movie um, all in one. And the, the, the fact that, like, that video games are still looked at as, like, secondary media needs to change. And I think um, the fact that uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is is doing this well is going to really kind of push video games into the forefront of kind of the mainstream um, uh, money maker um, as far as these companies are concerned. Um, and I think uh, like Disney and um, you know like Sony obviously has their video game stuff set up. Um, but like all of these other like production companies that don't really have a huge blueprint in um, in in the video gaming industry, need to get in on it before it's too late. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's not that easy. Um, it, it really isn't. Uh, so it, it's one of those things where it's like you got to kind of think about this. This last Spider-Man game that came out did in. Insane numbers. Well, insane as we thought at the moment, so Red Dead came out. But insane numbers. No other Spider-Man game has ever come anywhere close. Um, so it's, it's the thing of Sony just getting it right. Uh, and I can't remember the uh, the company that um, that did the new Spider-Man game. It's 
completely left my brain. Insomniac, thank you. Insomniac. Insomniac paid very close attention uh, and took a lot of liberties also with Spider-Man uh, with that game. Um, from top to bottom, I played, fully beat that game. The story for it is freaking amazing. And the game has in-credit scenes, two in-credit scenes. That's insane. Um, so, I mean, it's just it's about making sure you get it right. Um, but I will say Marvel does have a game coming out. That's all I can say. But Marvel does have something uh, that uh, itself in – well, not itself in Disney, but Disney is working on as far as an actual just Marvel game. Uh, actually, two of them, actually. Sorry. Uh, one is <clears throat> from Solo Hero, and another one is either a reboot or a part three of uh, Ultimate Alliance. Uh, so they have some stuff that they're working on. Uh, but it's all the matter of just making sure you get it right because <laughs> Spider-Man took a long time uh, before it got to where it's at now. Uh, but, Joel, uh, have you played Red Dead Redemption 2 yet? Uh, and if you haven't, are you definitely looking forward to play? Like, can you put Spider-Man down for a second to enjoy Red Dead Redemption 2? Uh, I have never played Red, De- Red Dead Redemption 1, <laughs> so, like, I-, I have no say in this game. Um, I wouldn't mind trying it out. I usually catch these, uh, some of the really better games later on in my life, <laughs> Like, um, but Spider-Man's my priority. I- I'm already finished with the story, but now I just want to finish it 100%, and then I'm moving on to The Witcher uh, and-, and going from there. But I will, it's on my list now, at least the first one. I'm not going to play Red Dead, it'll probably be a while before I ever touch a Red Dead Red Dead Redemption 2, but I, I'm, I'm proud of it. It's always good to see video games do well, um, and I'm excited to try it out eventually, um, considering I heard the first one was really good. The second one seems to be obviously really good, so I, I am looking forward to it. I'm happy for it. It's always good when games do well, and uh, it's always it's always nice to see it, you know, start new things where other games will probably take from it and hopefully develop, and, and we get some of the new mechanics that they create in other games, and it's always fun to see that. So I'm, I'm very happy for it. Yeah, no, I, I will ask you, though, Joe, have you played um, – what, what's the last Grand Theft Auto that you played? Was it the, the most recent one? I don't really play Grand Theft Auto. I played, the last one I played was probably Vice City. Not even. <laughs> uh, it was probably uh, – it was uh, – what's it called? Uh, uh, San, San Andreas. That was probably the last one I played. Oh, okay. so well, I was I was only asking because um, Red Dead is pretty much just Grand Theft Auto, but in Western time. Uh, so if oh, you okay. love Grand yeah. Theft Auto, that's the feel you get from Red Dead. Uh, but the story is just like insane, uh, especially with this new one. That's what I I like to tell people who are like, oh, I've never played Red Dead. I'm like, oh, well, do you like Grand Theft Auto? Yeah, I love Grand Theft Auto. It's just Grand Theft Auto yeah. in Western. I'm not that's a I'm not a Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I don't really play the how, Grand Theft Auto game. Fair enough. Fair enough. I understand. I will tell you that you are. Not my cup of tea. I'll play them, but they're not my favorite. But I will tell you, you are in for a a very, very, very nice treat with The Witcher 3. Uh, It's a lot of fun. And I tell you this it's going to take you a lot longer than it takes Spider Man. Uh, So have fun with that. Yeah. Uh, I bet, yeah. Yeah, no, the game is stupid long. Uh, But, Dan, I'll go back to you, man, uh, before we move on. have you played uh, – I, I, have you gotten the new wrestling yet, Dean? It's tying into this, this conversation. Don't worry. Have you gotten the new wrestling yet? Yeah, it, 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 I've been playing that a lot. <laughs> okay. So, I, no, the reason why I asked you that is because I wanted to ask you the same thing I asked, I asked Joel because I know how much he loves Spider-Man. So, with the new wrestling being out, uh, and I know you're having fun with it, 
are you prepared to put it down for a second uh, to start Red Dead Redemption 2 whenever you get it? I've already decided I'm buying it next weekend. I've kind of, like, had enough time to be able to play it. I don't have a PS4, unfortunately. I should have fucking gotten it. Sorry, Xbox. I have no problem saying that. You're fucking... Your thing sucks! Anyways, getting back <laughs> to it. Uh, exclusives like, you know, that Spider-Man game is definitely one of the reasons. But 2K19 has been a lot of fun. Ready to Redemption, buying it next weekend. Uh, when I'll be able to play the story, and then the online mode, I think, comes out soon, and I'll be able to be in a cowboy gang with a bunch of my friends. And I have played the game. Um, I was over at my buddy Boris's house. Um, I shot someone in the ass on accident. That looked painful. Uh, and I was on a horse, and I hunted a bear, and I got eaten by that bear. Uh, shit happens. Mm-hmm. But it was a lot of fun, just like the first one. And the map is massive. It's four times the size of San Andreas. It just, I think Rockstar, just to kind of like end things, um, it, Rockstar I think is happy with their games. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 6 made over a billion dollars in sales. Uh, I'm just wondering now, it kind of changes the conversation a little bit, because of, you know, the track of movies based on video games, this is something that Rockstar has with the Grand Theft Auto series, I think, and the Red Dead Redemption series, that's a little bit different. They're literally movie-based video games, if that makes sense. So I wonder yeah. if yeah. now, because of how much money they've made, if they're going to try to take that leap and see if they can actually break that that curse of the Bambino, if you will. Well, they they originally had plans to add a TV series with the guy Trevor um, from the newest game, the the guy who does the, the voiceover and obviously the, the mocap and everything for Trevor. Uh, they had a series, actually, with Spike TV uh, that they were working on that just never really, like, they started doing it, and then, like, it just fell apart. Um, <clears throat> I think if they if they take away the aspect of it being a video game, and they follow, obviously not detail for detail, but if they follow that storyline that they had in the actual game uh, to where they're bank robbers, stuff like that, you could make something huge off of that. Um, and not have to tie it to where it's like, oh, it's based off of a video game. Uh, because with some of those guys over there, they have great minds that come up with really good stories. Um, so if you just if you just approach it as if it's storytelling, less than like trying to make a video game movie, I think Rockstar could, you know, dip their toe into the movie world and be successful with it. I mean, because I think we all love the stories that they tell. I just think where it starts to become a little cloudy is when, like, oh, well, people are used to it being a video game, so, like, if he dies, like, you know, he wakes up in the hospital. Like, you don't have to make it like that. Just make a great story uh, like you have been for the video game, and then you can kind of apply it uh, to a movie. But they did work on something uh, with Grand Theft Auto in a TV series uh, that just didn't work out. <laughs> so, but I, I am with you, man. They, they are great at storytelling, and if anyone could really – spin something into a, a movie, it would be those guys. They're really, really, really good at doing that. Uh, but, I mean, I'm with you, Dane. All this money, they're like, well, how can we expand upon it <laughs> without having to make numerous video games year after year after year? I know. We'll spend some of that, make a nice movie. Um, so, I mean, it's definitely something that I'm sure somebody at some point, like one of these di- directors that maybe is a fan of the video game franchise might be like, yeah, I have interest in doing it, and then boom. From there, we, we hear, like, in a year or two that they're actually thinking about doing it. Um, well, and I think I think the key for them would be 
making a movie that that is followed by the game. So like you like for instance, like Goldeneye was huge for the N sixty four and it followed the movie, but it it followed it loosely and you had extra missions and all that jazz. Um like I think that would be your, your golden egg. Like you make a movie as like essentially is the game Red Dead Redemption three. Um, so you make a movie called Red Dead Redemption and you like boom, you have the movie. And then you have the video game follow the movie but like have all these extra missions in between. Um, like I think that would be your your um your path to success, if you will. Yeah, no. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, And, I mean, Red Dead actually is something I would suggest they make a movie about before Grand Theft Auto, Um, only because I think Westerns is something that, like, this newer generation just doesn't really have that much of an appreciation for. Um, But this game, I think the first game when it came out in 2010 changed the aspect. Um, and then now with this new release, I think people would be more interested in it being a movie. Um, and I tell you, the Red Dead, the first one and the second one, they dig deep into what it means to be a Western video game. Um, and it's great. It, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, and no, no, like I said, I'm completely with you guys. At some point, someone's going to say, we should do something with these. these. Um, I would say definitely after this release, we should be hearing something soon. Um, but before we move on into our other topic, I will say, Joel, if you have not played it yet, play that Black Cat um, uh, DLC from Spider-Man. It's freaking I amazing. haven't yet, not yet. I will. Oh, I'll get to it. It's freaking amazing. <laughs> play it before you do The Witcher, because once you start The Witcher, you won't have time for anything else. Uh, um, I know. <laughs> but all right, let's, let's move on, guys. Um, let's get into some other breaking news that we got that you guys can kind of clear up for me, because I feel as though... I heard, like, 30 different things. So, apparently, one of the names that was up for the role of Black Mass, Ewan McGregor, apparently, last time I heard, was in final negotiation to play Black Mass. But then I heard that he is now Black Mass. Um, so, I have no idea where the needle left off. Um, I'll go to you first, Dane, because uh, you could probably clear it up for me. Um, what are your thoughts on the casting of Ewan McGregor? And if it is finalized, how big is, is that casting for this movie, Birds of Prey? Times like this so where we... Gina would be helpful, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's well, all right. We're, we're, it's we're okay. Good. I, we're good. I, I know this type of stuff. Um, so basically, yeah, when we heard that uh, – beforehand, because we've heard this for a while, that he was one of the people they were looking at to play Black Mask. I forgot who uh, the other person was. So before we heard reports that he was negotiating or in negotiations, now apparently he's completely signed. They've got all the contracts ironed out. So he's going to be playing uh, Black Mask, which I think is a great move. You know, I think a lot of great choices have been thrown out there, but it's very interesting to get a great character actor like Ewan McGregor, who's played a shit ton of different roles, a plethora, if you will, in the past. Um, you know, whether it be in Moulin Rouge, whether it be in Train Spotting, you know, whether it be in obviously one of the best things about the prequels. Uh, Ewan McGregor shows up uh, as Christopher Robin recently uh, in that movie. 
so I'm very excited about this. It's going to be weird having a mask on you, McGregor. You would think that he's an actor where you wouldn't want to do that necessarily, but hey, um, there's there could be a heck of a lot worse choices than him, and he's a pretty damn good actor. So I'm gonna I'm, if, if if this is all finalized, that's all true. Which now I'm starting to second guess myself as well. Like I'm just publishing, you know. The wrong information. Don't like doing that. Uh, but if this is all true, I think this is a really great addition to the already awesome cast. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. And I will say uh, the idea of, to me, Black Mask can't be Black Mask, obviously, without the mask. Um, but I am not one of those people that thinks he needs to wear it every second of the movie. Um I, I, I just don't. I, I don't care that much. I love Ewan McGregor. I mean, it, he's an attractive guy, so I could understand why the studio wouldn't want to have him in the mask 100% of the time. I mean, heck, um, mm-hmm. even when – how many times have we seen Robert Downey Jr. in the Iron Man costume with the helmet off? Um, so, like, let's not act like people that are supposed to wear masks, like, a good portion of the time wear them all the time. Um, so I'm, I'll go out and say now, like, I'd understand it if, like, maybe towards the end fight scene is where you see him with the mask majority of the time. I I'd be, I wouldn't be that upset with that. Um, just because it's like, it's Ewan McGregor, so I feel like he's going to give a great performance that just kind of makes you go, eh, at least I got to see him in the mask. Like, I'm good with that. Um, Nick, I'm going to go what? to you. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ewan McGregor possibly being officially casted as Black Mask? Um, and what do you think his cast is for the movie? I think it's great for the film. I mean, it, like Dane said, I mean, he's he is a very um a, a very great actor who has a lot of roles to his name, a lot of uh great performances to his name, and I mean, <clears throat> that helps sell your film. Um having an actor like that in in that role um is is uh, not necessarily not necessarily quintessential but at the same time like it's it's a very um it's a very good omen as far as the movie is concerned um and you know what like we've said this before wb they have a lot of flaws a lot of flaws um but casting is usually not one of them and i completely trust their casting in this regard. Um, Jawan, I think you, uh, I want to say you threw out somebody that I thought was better. And I want to say it was, no, no, no. I want to say it was, um, um, fuck, what's his name? No, no, it wasn't Ray Liotta. It was the, it was the dude from Memento. Um, you just said uh, it, Guy Pierce, right? Pierce. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Guy Pierce. Um, sorry, I, I didn't hear you. Um, but like, I, I, like when you threw that out, I was like, one hundred percent sold on that. Um, but nevertheless, like, I'm, I'm still ultimately like super hyped for you and McGregor. I, I mean, I, the fact that he's going to be playing a villain, um, which is a very that's a, that's very much a rarity um in his repertoire of of um roles 
Um, so that'll be super interesting to see him to take on that kind of uh, moniker. Um, so, like, I'm I'm really excited to see uh, his performance as this character. And, the, and again, like, the, the, the whole mask thing, like, I, I mean, I hope he wears the mask a, a, a good amount of the movie. Um, but if he doesn't, like, again, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Juwan. I'm not going to be heartbroken about it. Uh, but I, I think he will wear it as much as the script calls for it. You know, like, I, I don't think he's going to be that kind of person who's like, no, we need to change the script so I can show my face more. Like, he's not that kind of actor. So, I mean, I don't, I don't have any worries about that sort of aspect of, of things. Um, and, no, I mean, I think he's going to be great, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I mean, the biggest reason why Guy Pearce uh, stuck out to me was, believe it or not, with Iron Man 3. Um, I just felt like the way he, he carried himself, like right when I heard that uh, DC was going to go with Black Mask as the main villain for uh, Birds of Prey, I was just like, Guy Pearce, I feel like he'd do that in his sleep. Like he just he, – he has that kind of swagger about him that he could just pull off Black Mask. The reason why Ewan McGregor always interested me was because I had never seen him in a role like this. So it would be like, all right, I usually know this guy. Like the biggest role I know of Ewan McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. So it's like to see him now as the bad guy, Black Mask, would be a lot of fun. And I think he could definitely do it um, and make it look amazing. Uh, so I'm just really curious to see – um, how, you know, they decide to go with the character. And just the first time I see him in the official photo with the mask, I think I'll probably lose lose my mind. Just the idea of seeing Black Mask on a big screen, uh, finally. Uh, I, I got huge in Black Mask after the Arkham City game, I think it was, the one where he hired all the assassins to kill Batman. Um, Arkham Origins. Man, this character. I'm sorry, go ahead, Joel. Arkham Origins. Arkham Origins, thank you. I'm sorry, thank you. Uh, I just thought it would always be great to see that guy on the big screen and we finally get him with Ewan McGregor. Um, so I'll throw it to you, Joel. Uh, the biggest thing I want to ask you is mask. Uh, is that a big deal for you if he doesn't wear the mask uh, yeah. a good portion of the movie? Of course it's this. His name is Black Mask. Of course it matters <laughs> if he wears the mask. He, he has to wear the mask. That's ridiculous. Like, of course he has to wear the mask, and majority of the time should be with the mask on. If he has it off a couple times, sure, I can live with that. But are you kidding me? Of course he needs the mask. That's that's his name. His name is Black Mask. So, oh, so are you eighty percent, eighty percent of the movie? I could take eighty percent. Yeah, sure, that works. <laughs> Depending on how much, how much if he has, of course. I don't know what, how big a role he has. Obviously, he's the main villain. Well, like, how much are we going to see? Eighty percent will be I mean? all right. But, like, well, let me, 95% let me this, would be better. Let yeah, I'll take this. that. Even better. <laughs> what, was, what, was his, what was his purpose for wearing the mask? As part of the, what is it, the false face society? That was just part of his thing. So it's not like he has to wear it like his face. Juwan, his name is Black Mask. Listen, I'm not disagreeing with you. I am yes, you are. Don't pre- argue with me. I am are you not. kidding me? There might be people listening that are like, like, oh, does this guy like have to wear the mask? Like, is there something yes. wrong? Yes. Okay. Listen, I'm not disagreeing. Jesus. <laughs> I'm just trying to enlighten Look, people who might have to. He has to question. wear the mask as much as Gambit needs a fucking Cajun accent. How about that? 
All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. I love right. it. So, <laughs> let's get into the other part of the question because obviously that is a question I will never ask you again. Uh, <laughs> Better not. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Ewan McGregor being cast as Black Mask? <laughs> I'm totally fine with it. I, I mean, he's a good actor. You can't you can't go wrong with a good actor, right? He's, he's a great performer. But you know, he's always, I always look at him as the ultimate good guy, mainly because I, I know him the most from as playing Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, so I, I'm just not used to seeing him playing those type of roles. But recently I have seen him take different roles lately, like especially in Fargo where he played two different roles. And it's just in two different types of roles. And like, it was kind of interesting and crazy how he pulled it off. And so I'm always intrigued to see what he can do. And because he should be in the mass majority of the movie, it won't bother me seeing his face as much. As long as he can pull off the performance, I'll be totally fine with it. And he's a good actor, so he could do it. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest thing I think of when I think of seeing Black Mask on, on the big screen is, uh, you guys remember in, in the Red Hood animated movie where, like, he just punched the guy in the face to randomly just punch him in the face? Like, I just want to see mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor, like, do things like that, like, with this character. Like, this <laughs> character is obviously insane. Seeing him dig dig into that, that kind of portrayal, like, after seeing him so many times as Obi-Wan, like I said before, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, to see, but before we move on, Dane, I wanted to ask you because I don't think I asked you yet. Um, how big of a deal is it is it with uh, with his mask for you? Well, for you? I, it, it's pretty big of a deal, but I knew it was, and I think that you probably did too. That it was a big deal to Joel because I heard like an audible at like reaction right when you fucking suggested he doesn't wear the mask. It was like he was like he was getting more and more tense. Just what his like. Uh, God. <laughs> I, I am kind of with him though on it. I, I I think that if you did like scenes where like you know he wakes up, he's by himself, you know, and he like there's scenes where he's putting the mask on, but in front of everyone for the most part, I think he should have the mask on. If at the end of the battle scene it's cracked off his head or some shit like that from an action scene, I could see that being there. But yeah, majority of the time they're gonna have to figure out a way to make it so you can see him talk still with the stupid. What, well, I don't know how they're gonna do it, but. That's that's for the movie people to do, and hopefully don't give us a similar outfit like they did for Joker and uh, Suicide Squad. So they'll make it work. <laughs> is what I'm trying. To say. Yeah, no. Hey, I mean, go ahead. I'm sorry, Nick. I was just gonna say, Joel. Um, yes, it is Joel. Fuck off! <laughs> that's it. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> Dane, we worked so hard for you to say Joel. <laughs> By the way, you know how I, you know how I knew that, regret, I that up. Besides knowing, besides knowing I screwed that up, is because I heard an, an audible sound from all of you motherfuckers when I said Joel. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I will say uh, Joel. Um, I, I don't. I don't disagree with you. I, I think what I'm trying to do for for my own sanity, prepare myself in case he does not have the mask on. Majority of the movie. That's that's all I'm going to do. You're talking yourself down from ledge. Um, I get it. I mean, like I said, to me uh, about this casting, the biggest thing to me about this casting would be how big of a name they were looking to go because I felt as though if they went for too huge of a name, it'd be hard to tell that too huge of a name. Like, hey. You know how, like, super attractive you are to society? Well, we're going to cover your face up majority of this movie. So that's why I said it would be interesting they should have gotten to see John what the casting is. the ugliest person in the world. But, no, like I said, Joel, I understand your point and the necessity of it. 
Um, I just don't want to say, like, you know what? You're right. 85% of that movie, you better have that mask. And then 50% of that movie, he has the mask. Uh, you know and now You know who would be great for that fucking role, in my opinion, um, who obviously can't play it uh, because of obvious reasons, is Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon would be fucking mm. so good been. for Black Mask. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, he was odd, so well, see, what are you going to do? See, this, these would be one of the reasons why we need a, a whole recap. So we could wipe that out Michael Shannon. Very Black no. Mask. You know, he does wear a mask, um, so really yeah, wouldn't no, no, matter. I understand. Right? I understand. Um, so for our audience, I just wanted to update the audience who might not have been keeping up with the casting of the Birds of Prey. Uh, so far, we obviously have Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Uh, um, we have Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress, Rosie Perez mm-hmm. as Renee Montoya, and we now have Ewan McGregor as Black Mask. We're just waiting on Cassandra oh, Kane. And Black Canary. The name. Oh, yes. <laughs> that one It's funny. It's funny because I looked at it and it was just like, oh, yeah, no, sorry. You know her. Uh, <laughs> That's why I was like, you should say her name. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Say uh, her name. No, uh, I, w- I wanted to ask really quickly before I, I finalize the, the cast of that. I wanted to really quickly uh, ask you guys if you had anybody in mind for um, – Cassandra Kane, Joel, I'll start with you. Oh, I have, I have no idea. Uh, young Asian girls? I mean, they're... So, don't even go to <laughs> me. It's so hard. I'm, I'm right there with Joel. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. It's not easy to, to cast those right now these days. <laughs> I don't watch enough uh, kids shows or, like, movies with little Asian girls in it, so I'm not sure, really. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm speed piping fresh off the boat to find out the casting for that television show to see if there's anyone <laughs> Yeah, really. I don't, I don't get a name. I don't get a name. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. I mean, the girl from Modern Family. How about that? <laughs> yeah, she's got to be old enough now, right? Girl from Modern Family. That's hilarious. Oh, she's got uh, I have no idea. Oh crap! I will say so far. I, I think we all Rosario really Dawson. Enjoy... <laughs> Would you say, Dan? Rosario Dawson. Oh sure, yeah. I mean, I'm fine with that. Sure, I'm pretty sure with the age of her. Um, but no, uh, I think we all are pretty satisfied with how this cast is shaping out so far. Um, so I don't think any of us uh, think the, the casting of Cassandra Kane uh, will be a bad one uh, because I think so far Not what it. we've done, uh, we've, we're like, okay, yeah, no, this looks like it's going to be a pretty good movie. Um, so I'm going to keep my faith in, in that pile of I like what you've done with the cast so far. One of the most important characters of the movie, I'm pretty sure you're not going to mess up. Uh, so that's where I put my faith in. The question uh, should be, uh, is there an over-under if we'll recognize the actor, or I mean the actress, when they cast her? <laughs> I think the biggest thing for me that I look that, that I keep in mind when it comes to casting uh, Cassandra Kane is I still have no idea uh, the name of the adorable little girl who played X-23. Um, and I love that. I, I did not know oh, her from anything. She came on and just completely blew me away. Um, yeah. so that's what I'm hoping for Cassandra Kane, uh, is that they do they follow the same kind of formula um, of someone that you may not have seen before but gives you an amazing performance. Uh, I love, so, I mean, I love that's, how... Like I said, that's where I want to put my face in. I love how Jawan's like, 
the adorable girl who like cuts off people's heads and throws them at people. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, right. Right. <laughs> it's when so adorable. Like the way you the way you chopped off his head was so adorable. cute. <laughs> um, but let's move on to something that I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to try to make a big deal that isn't going to be a big deal whatsoever. Um, Shazam apparently is supposed to be beginning reshoots um, between November 6th and wrap around November 20th. Um, so my question isn't going to be what are your thoughts of reshoots because that's a stupid question. My question is going to be, and I'll start with you first, Dane, <clears throat> do you think any of these reshoots are to add in maybe Black Adam for an in-credit in scene, maybe Superman for an in-credit scene, or do you think it's just to clean up some stuff of the movie? Um, I just want to start by saying, since there's reshoots for this movie, it's going to be awful! Everyone run! Just <laughs> burn the shit down! Just kidding. Um, yeah, I uh, I think that it's going to be reshoots just to touch up things that they got to redo, stuff that they have to do just mandatory. I don't think it's going to be extra anything. Um, would I love for it to be a scene with Superman, uh, whether it be Henry Cavill or not? Yeah, I would love for that. Would I love for it to be The Rock as Black Adam? That, I think, is more likely, especially a post-cred scene, possibly. Uh, they got to set up Black Adam in some way, but um, I don't think it's going to be anything that big. I think if they have Black Adam that was already a part of it, they already finished it, it's, they're not adding it. And I don't see them adding Superman or Henry Cavill, in my opinion. I hope I'm wrong. I think they're just reshoots, which is something that's standard anyways, especially for big-budget movies. Uh, Something like this that we haven't heard any turmoil on the set. I think we're good to go, and it doesn't mean anything bad for the movie. Yeah. I mean, see, the funny thing is is the whole Henry Cavill and Warner Brothers whole negotiation thing wasn't an issue. I think a lot of us would be like, yeah, Maybe it might be to squeeze them in for, or maybe a scene might have already been created, uh, you know, as an end credit scene or something to get them in there as Superman. But I think with that, even if one was shot, they probably took it out. Um, Just because it's like, all right, we don't want to put him as Superman in another movie, and then we don't go forward with him as Superman. Um, So it's one of those things where it's like it's a little frustrating. And the whole thing with The Rock, I mean, even though they could obviously still pull it off, I just feel like every day The Rock is filming something. Um, so, so, like, where would they find the time? Right now he's filming the, the Hobbs and whatever movie, the spinoff from uh, Fast and the Furious. So it's like, when would they find the time to do these things with The Rock? He's, like, the most busiest man in America. Um, so it's like, when would he find time to do it? But I would love for there to be a Black Adam scene uh, that would kind of set up for his solo that I hope would be within the next few years. Um, but Nick, I'll go to you. What are your thoughts? Do you think it's to set something up as far as the end credit scene? Or like Dane said, it's probably just to clean up a few things as typical reshoots are. First of all, the most busiest man in America is a terrible sentence. It's the busiest man in America or most busy man in America. Probably the busiest man in America because that's the proper way to say things. Most busiest is Terrible, Juwan. And I just want to point that out. Sorry. Let me fix that, Nick. Um, I hate you. Uh, but what are your thoughts <laughs> <laughs> what these reshoots are about? 
Let me rephrase that. There we go. Now I pass it to you. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Um, uh, no, I mean, I, I don't. I I'm pretty much on board with Dane. I I don't think they're gonna be. I mean, this is your typical reshoots. They're going to go back. They've run the movie in front of their you know shareholders. You know what have you? Probably if maybe some small test audiences or what have you, and they're like, all right, we can touch things up here, here, and here. Um, so let's go back. We'll, we'll reshoot here. We'll throw in like a comedic scene that somebody thought of way after the movie was done. Um, you know, little things like that. I mean, that's, that's typical reshoot things that I don't think they're going to go back and add anything in. Um, that's of significance. Um, like maybe, uh, but I doubt it, especially considering the upheaval that's going on within Warner Brothers and DC. Um, I, I think they probably want to keep this movie as kind of tight-knit as possible and self-contained as possible. Um, so I don't, I don't see anything on that horizon. I think it's just, you know, your typical reshoots. Like, let's let's go back and, and like, See if we can make this movie just a little bit better, and that's what it boils down to. Yeah, I mean that, that's obviously the most logical. Uh, <laughs> it, that's why I didn't want to rephrase it. What are our thoughts on on the reshoots? Because it's like it's just reshoots, like has no thoughts. Uh, yeah. So I thought I would I would kind of cater it to it. It's like could it possibly be to sneak something in? You know, you never know. Uh, I don't think so. Joel, I pose it to you. Uh, do you agree with? With, with everyone that it's just to clean up stuff or are you going out on the limb and saying we could have a post credit scene uh, that maybe they are filming now? Are you asking Joel if he's going to go out on a limb? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say no, he's not, but go ahead, Joel. Tell me you're not going out on a limb. <laughs> well, look, it's obvious they're starting from scratch and we're filming the whole movie in the next three weeks and uh, it's, it's pretty damn obvious. <laughs> I don't know why we're even questioning it, but um, no, I, look, it's, it's touch-ups. I mean, they got to clean up whatever they got to clean up, add whatever they want to add. Will they be adding a credit scene? Possibly. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I would. Uh, it more than likely could be possible. Uh, would it be Black Adam or, or, or Kenny Cavill Superman? I would love both of them, but I have no idea or clue that that would even be possible. And considering everything going on with the that, the agents for both of them, <laughs> Black Adam and Superman at the moment, doesn't seem likely at the moment either. So I'm just going to go out on a limb and say hopefully they give us something cool. Whatever they're filming is just to clean up and touch up whatever they need to touch up. And it's just business as usual for Shazam in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that's pretty much just exactly probably what it is. But part of me wants it desperately to be like, we see it. It's in the Cavalier. Yeah. I would love to right be wrong. After. Trust me. Yeah, and then right after it's like, it would oh, be Cavalier awesome. here to stay as Superman, or it's Black Adam, and then right after mm-hmm. we get news that his solo comes out in 2000 and whatever. That's just me, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> or Deadpool. No, that's, that's not like, just what you. If they, <laughs> what if they had Deadpool? That would be cool. Or maybe Ryan Reynolds back as Lantern. That would be that would be nice. There you go. Hey, there a boy go. can dream. That's awesome. <laughs> Dream that on. is awesome. I would definitely pay Dream money on. to never see that again. <laughs> um, but all right, let's let's move on. Uh, we got some Disney news. Uh, two pretty interesting uh, news topics coming out of Disney. One of them being part of Disney's new streaming service, Loki and Scarlet Witch. Each would be getting their own solo series. 
for the streaming service. We are now getting word that Falcon and Winter Soldier are getting a series. Uh, I don't know what to think about. And not individually. Uh, Not individually, together. Even better. Uh, (laughs) I don't really know what to think of this. I didn't know what to think of the the Loki and Scarlet Witch news, um, mainly because uh, I felt as though until they kind of got the course correction on the term to define Scarlet Witch, there's not much that they could offer me in that series that I'd be interested in. Um, they Obviously, they called them, I believe, the Gifted, uh, obviously because they couldn't call them mutants. Um, so I'm really mm-hmm. interested to see that now that Marvel is getting their rights back uh, to the X-Men characters, do we get the term mutants in the series? Because if we do, you can then That'd explore cool. her other siblings and possibly her father, her actual father. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, that is what would interest me the most because there's so much story of that you could dig into. But if not, and it's taking place with the current Scarlet Witch that mutants don't exist, they're just the gifted or whatever, then it's like, all right, well, it's a wait and see for me. Um, but with Falcon and Winter Soldier, I guess them going on tag team missions would be cool. Uh, but I'll go to you first, Joel. What are your thoughts on Falcon and Winter Soldier together? getting a uh, series for Disney's uh, streaming service. Cool. I mean, I like them together in the movies. It, it's interesting. Uh, two of Cap's closest buddies are going to have a, a, a limited series, I guess, a mini series for for themselves. Uh, and for what the story will, that's really what I'm more curious about is in what, like, when it takes place and, like, what the story will be about. Because we don't know. At, that, at this point, we don't know what's going to happen to Cap in the future. So, that's a really it's, that may play a big factor into what happens in this series. So, you know, because we know will they replace Cap if the, if he doesn't come back? Is Cap, if Cap's alive, does he show up? You know, there's a whole bunch of different questions you got to start asking. And I know they're going to have enough of a budget to to give us um, similar visuals that we got in the movie. So I'm not that worried about that. But I am curious as to like what the story will be. I am and I'm excited. I'm gonna I really want to see what happens with this. Um, uh, I like the both of them, uh, and I, I just—I mean, aside, I just don't have enough information to get super psyched about it. But I, it's cool that they are bringing movie characters to the television world and giving us extended, long-form stories for some of these minor characters. So it's all good. I think the, I think the biggest thing that excited me, well, that excited me about them taking uh, these characters, you know, with the actual actors and putting them on their streaming services, if we ever get to Netflix world to come to that streaming service, the idea of instead of putting them in the actual movies, throw them in some of these series. Uh, like you could have Daredevil interacting with Winter Soldier or, uh, you know, possibly Black Widow down the line. Like, so there's so many possibilities yeah. that this now opens up. Well, my um, only issue with that right. is that they've uh, kind of already said that they don't want a rated R material on their streaming service. So that mm-hmm. might hamper Daredevil and the rest of them from coming over. If they do bring them over, that means they'll probably water them down from what we're really used to. So it's kind of weird. So I, I get what you're saying and that would be great, but it's kind of shaky. What's weird, <laughs> See, What's weird about that is the fact that the movies on the on the network itself, the the collection they got from Fox, a lot of them, they're gonna have a lot of rated R content basically. So it it's right. weird. Yeah, it is odd. The only thing is I don't think maybe it's just original content. I think just because of what we're used to from what Netflix gave us, it would be watered down to us. But I don't think that it would it would completely alter 
those characters uh, if you brought them in. Because I, I don't think that um, – because I'm not talking about bringing the series back. I'm talking about if they get the characters, um, you could place them in. Like, I'd love Daredevil to interact with some of these guys. Um, it'll just be fun to see how, how, how it all plays out, how these shows play out. Um, but I, I think you could pull it off to where it doesn't drastically uh, water down the, the characters. But I do see what you mean, Joel. Um, Nick, I'll go to you. What are your thoughts on Winter Soldier and Falcon sharing a series together? I think it's awesome. Like, I... Well, two things. One, I think these two characters don't like each other. So, I I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they um, interact with one another and develop a friendship. Uh, like, and I, I'm making the assumption that they will develop a friendship. Um, but right. also, I think... I think it, it, it definitely speaks to, um, you know, the fact that, that obviously uh, Chris Evans' contract is up. Cap is probably going to die. So we're, we're going to I, – I think this is a great way for them to explore who becomes Captain America. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I honestly think you would probably just call the show something like um, – Captain America Resurrection or something like that, you know, like um, something uh, that that envelops both of these characters um, and, you know, they're dealing with the loss of their best friend, their mutual best friend, um, and they develop a bond and, you know, one of them ends up taking up the mantle uh, and, and we get to see, like, the the kind of behind the scenes of how what it, whichever character does take up the mantle actually does do that. And we get to see like a story um, involved with that. Um, I think this is brilliant. I think just the whole essence of these um, kind of television shows with Scarlet Witch and Loki and these two characters and there's the rumored Hawkeye thing um, like I, oh, yeah. I think I, like that too. I think this is awesome. Like like just like it it's taking the the whole um essence of the 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 uh one offs or the whatever they called those um mm-hmm. the, the the little like two three minute long segments that they did um to like that connected to the universe um and they're making a series and instead of doing that they're doing a whole series that ties into it. Um, and it's brilliant because that's what comics are. Like we only get so much in these movies of these characters, and like in in the comic universe, we get a whole plethora of material in between big team up type things. Um, so the fact that they're taking these characters and like focusing in on them and and doing things like this is is like so smart to me and it does it does not surprise me in the least that Kevin Feige is like shoehorning this because um the dude's a genius as far as um how to translate uh these these comic storylines uh into both film and now he's going to say, Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and dominate the television world world as well. Um I I think it's 
awesome. And I very much look forward to this. I think they will do a very interesting job of tying these two characters together and having them become friends on this um, on this uh, television series, on the streaming series. And then when we get them in the movies again, like essentially we they're, they're just they're friendly and you know the movies don't necessarily like you don't necessarily have to watch the television show to to understand that they're friendly because they'll they'll paint that in the picture of the movie but it it just helps give you the backdrop of how um essentially a went to b to c to d all the way to z um and i can't wait to see how Kevin ties it all together. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for me is to see uh, how the movies are going forward. Like, um, if something's not something that you might not want to do a part three of or a part two of, do you put it in a show? Um, also, like, the, when the Black Widow was trying to say what Clint was up to, um, while the events of Infinity War were happening, now uh, with the television, you know, with them trying to open up to do things with shows, maybe those don't have to be dialogue points anymore. Maybe the show could express uh, exactly what they were doing in that moment or mm-hmm. what they were doing in that time frame or what they're doing now. Um, so there's just so many different ways to explore it because we know they all connect. So it's going to still connect with the movie universe. Um, I just think things will become less dialogue and more actually showing you um, things in a more long-span format than just sit down for this two hours and then here's everything. Um, they can break it down more, uh, give more. And I think that's why Hawkeye was one of the guys that's like, that guy would be perfect for his own show because I feel like you haven't really given Hawkeye his just due. Like, everyone's had a scene to where it was like, man, that was crazy. I feel like Hawkeye has had that. I told you guys one of my favorite Hawkeye moments in the comics is him killing guys with his fingernails. Like, that was insane to me. Um, so, like, he hasn't had, like, one of those really all moments. Um, so I think a show would definitely suit him a lot better, whether it's him training someone else or it is him um, in his younger days maybe. I, I don't know. But there's just so many different things you could do with Either opening or. up the streaming service. And... I I know they've talked about doing, and you know we've heard that that you know they're going to do a Black Widow movie. Like I honestly think that's a character too that would be better suited for a television show. Like give us yeah. an eight episode um, television show of Black Widow, whether like the same thing, whether it be her past, her future, uh, the in betweens, everything else, and, and you can make it all of the above. Honestly, like you could do a lot of flashbacks that tie into the story. Um, obviously, uh, the Marvel Netflix series do a lot of those. Um, it, like, it, there's a lot of recourse that you could um, you could uh, gather and, 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 and implement uh, to make uh, a Black Widow series super awesome. And I think that would well, honestly be something that I would look forward to even more than a movie. Right. I mean, I think the biggest thing that would make fans go crazy uh, that I think a lot of us have been asking for uh, right when we heard the line, I think a series explaining what happened 
uh, I can't remember the the actual place. But remember Black Widow in the first Avengers movie was telling uh, Budapest. Like, Budapest. Right, Budapest. Yes, I would love you to do a series giving us what happened in Budapest. I mean, she was totally calm in that situation, killing off aliens, and was like, you know, this is reminds you of Budapest. I'm paraphrasing obviously, uh, but it's like, wait a minute, if you're calm fighting aliens, what the hell happened in Budapest? So, like, doing a show form of that would be awesome. I, I think fans the would go crazy, and they would love to see that. The line was, I, I, you remember Budapest a lot differently than me. Something to that. <laughs> right, yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I would love to see that, and I think a lot of people would go crazy, just like a lot of people would love if Black Widow had a series. Um, and we could see the mission that brought her and um, the Winter Soldier together. Uh, that ultimately got her shot. So it's like a lot of great moments that the movie set up that a show would, would definitely flesh out and would be awesome to see. But before we continue talking and forget the pageant on Dane, what are your thoughts on Falcon sharing a series with the Winter Soldier? Um, oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry, I was meditating, uh, you know, while you guys were conversating just now. So snap back down into reality. I'm hoping... A little bit different than you guys. I want to get something. I want to get a sitcom with the two of them. I want something that's like uh, Odd Couple meets Perfect Strangers meets Laverne and Shirley. I want there to be a running gag that both guys try to outdo who's a better friend to Captain America, but like somehow they always get in hijinks and Captain America's never there. Like he's always late or some shit. Like they can, you know, make. I'm just kidding. I want, I want a fucking like a Lethal Weapon style television show and I think it's it's appropriate because at this point Bucky can literally say that he's too old for this shit because he's like like 96 <laughs> in reality so yeah I think that that would be uh that'd be fun if it's comedic but there's also like spy missions and I'm just loving the idea of the streaming you know network I think that there's a lot of great opportunities finding out information between these two like you guys said maybe seeing Budapest one time or a miniseries that's more Matt Fraction-based for Hawkeye. Uh, you know, it's like eight episodes. Or, you know, everything that they're doing, possibly, like you guys are saying, with, like, Scarlet Witch, you know, and going more into her origin of being connected to the being a mutant. You can have, if it goes in the past, Vision in certain episodes. You can even have Quicksilver, technically. Loki, there's a lot to do on Asgard. And then there's kind of like what we are saying, you know, with the characters that pass down – from Netflix, if there's a home for them there, the horror characters all of us been wanting with Blade and 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 Ghost Rider and, and so much more. You know, it's 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 really really cool. But I mean, honestly, would it really be that bad of idea to have like a Perfect Strangers, you know, approach of like Bucky and and Falcon like sharing an apartment and you know they can have like a cool '80s song going into it. I'll 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 figure it out. Me and Nick will write it, but I think that that's actually the best way to go. I don't think anything is wrong with that. Um, I mean, Marvel does give you a funny kind of uh, feel to to some of their characters, so I don't think there'd be anything wrong with that whatsoever. As, My biggest question: As long as we is, can work in Louise, like, can Louise yeah. be a part mm-hmm. of this? Make sure uh, there's a laughing track and everything. Yeah. My, uh, yeah, my biggest exactly. question for this series would be, um, who would the villain be? Like, uh, obviously they're not going to be working for the government, I don't think. Um, so are they doing missions? Like, are they following something on their own? Like, maybe Avengers 4 in 
instead of Cap dying, like maybe she's trapped somewhere, so they're trying to find them, and that maybe that leads them to aim. Like there's just like this. I'm just curious on how you approach a villain with characters like those. Um, so I oh, that... oh, well, I would say there's there's two that come to mind. Um, you could bring back uh, Zemo. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, that makes so much sense. Um, or you could have uh, uh, what's his name. Um, uh, Mocap, Mo. Uh, that's not his name. Modoc. Uh, yeah, Modoc. 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 Uh, like that would be. See, that that's the kind of villain that would be perfect for a TV series. That wouldn't maybe it might get too many laughs for like film. Um, but like if you if you had Modoc in a in a TV series and they had to take take Modoc down, like that that would be. That to me that would be like super awesome. Like we, they, yeah, I could see them pulling that off, and like they could, they could, you know, make it, make it a little more realistic as far as um, the the character and everything else. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that those would be the two that come to mind for me. Yeah, not bad choices at all. Um, it'd just be really fun to see. Uh, you know, how they go about setting the story up for these characters after Infinity, uh, not Infinity War, I'm sorry, Avengers 4. Um, so, I mean, that that's what I'm going to be looking uh, forward to the most, just, like, how much of it um, gets mentioned, how much of it gets focused on. Um, is it a thing of, like, I imagine they could possibly have a Battle of the Cow kind of feel for Sam and... Uh, in, yeah, in Battle of the Shield. Yeah, over the Shield, because... Only reason I say that is because I know people are going to go, oh, no, they're not going to try to kill each other over the shield. I'm not saying that. I'm no. just saying <laughs> Bucky would obviously feel entitled to it because he grew up with Cap. Um, Sam would feel entitled to it because of the friendship that they had uh, gained while trying to help find Bucky. Um, so, I mean, it's just it's one of those things to where it's like, do you put the shield on the guy who's known for killing people? Uh, regardless of what the reason was, or do you put it on the guy that was um, a hero? Uh, you know, so it's it, it's weird, and it'd be interesting to see is it see. something that Cap gives to one of them, or is it something that once Cap dies, they fight over it? So, I mean, there's so you many know, different things the show could, could focus on. And and I would I would even posit this, like, I would almost have it be like the two of them want to give it to the other. Um, and they settle on one of them. I would say Falcon mm-hmm. becomes Captain America, um, and mm-hmm. eventually Falcon dies, and then, like, not in, the, in the series, but, like, Dark. in the movies later on. Um, and then Bucky, um, like, who never wanted the role, like, he was very much adamant, like, no, you take it, I don't want it. Um, and then when Falcon dies later on, like, say, three movies later, um, like, he was like, fuck, I guess I gotta do it. I gotta take up the mantle. Somebody's gotta be Captain America. Um, like, I would, I would prefer that than them fighting over the mantle. Yeah, I mean, it, it gets, to me, I just thought those two characters, because obviously, 
they respect each other, but don't really like each other. I think mainly because it's like, no, I'm Cap's best friend. No, 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 no. I think you forgot we've been alive for like over hundreds of years. I'm his best friend. <laughs> um, so then the idea of who gets the shield would kind of be the equivalent of, because um, you might even have it be to where one of them is Dick Grayson in the sense of, I don't want it. Like, I, I don't want the shield. Um, like, I, I don't want it mm-hmm. at all. Um, right. But then realizes they have to, like, someone has to take that mantle. Um, so before you let someone take it and disgrace it, you should take it. Um, that was kind of the feeling that Grayson had to where it was like, if I don't take it, you have Damien, you have uh, Jason Todd, like, you have all these other people trying to take the mantle, and I don't think they would do Bruce justice. Um, so it would be interesting to see if they play it that route to where it's like, I don't really want it, but, like, do I want Bucky to have it. Um, so that that's just kind of like the idea that I had that, that might go between the two of them. Um, but all right, let's uh, – we got some – I'm sorry, Nick, you were saying something? All right, so we got some Star Wars news that was a bit deceptive, Nick. I, I will say uh, it was – I will say it was somewhat clickbaitish um, with, with the hmm. idea of it, uh, where there was an article about Star Wars – what is it, uh, 9, 8? Yeah, nine. yeah, nine. Nine, right? Nine. Okay. Yeah. Um, that Star Wars 9 to be a course correction. Um, and by that, all it was was Abrams in a uh, an interview just kind of saying when uh, Colin kind of stepped out, he didn't want to miss the opportunity to fill in um, and get a, another chance at doing, uh, at kind of finishing what he started uh, as far as the franchise. So, I think where people got the idea of course correction from was, you know, he started something. Obviously, the second one didn't really want to go off of what he set up. It wanted to do its own thing. Um, So they're assuming with him coming back, it'll correct the course that to a lot of people they felt the second one kind of deviated from. Um, But by no means did anyone from Disney's camp come out and say, yeah, yeah, no, this third movie is definitely going to be our course correction. Um, so with that in mind, Nick, I'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on uh, Abrams pretty much not only just coming back, but do you feel as though it'll be a drastic difference from what the second one set up, kind of like how the second one was kind of different than what the first one set up? Um, no, I, I mean, I don't think it'll be a quote-unquote course correction. I, I Honestly, like, if anything... I had heard that Colin Trevorrow, like, essentially, he, the, one of the big reasons that he had a falling out with um, Disney and, and, and what he wanted to do with Episode 3 had a lot to do with the fact that um, he wanted to use Luke Skywalker um, as a living uh, embodiment uh, character. Um, and the fact that obviously he dies in episode eight, um, that was a big, like gut punch to what Colin wanted to do. And so like that essentially, um, you know, he, he kind of thought to, to have him still be around and, and, you know, obviously Disney sided, um, uh, with, uh, uh, shit, what's his name? Uh, the 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 director of episode eight, I can't remember his name. Um, but uh, so 
nonetheless, like, that was Brian, one of the big Brian, reasons. I'm sorry? Lyme Johnson? Is that what you're saying? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, they, uh, yes, they sided with, with Ryan Johnson. So, like, obviously, uh, that would be, like, a big, um, uh, like, a big uh, uh, reason why, you know, you would have a falling out with a director. Um, so, I don't know if there's any truth behind that or if that's just rumor or what have you, um, but I, but I've heard, um, that that had a big part in why, um, Trevor Rowe, um, ultimately, you know, didn't didn't want to be part of the project anymore, and ultimately ended up being uh, either you know fired or or uh, just simply moved on from the project. Um, and obviously, Abram stepped in. I I see. I don't think I don't think we're gonna have like a big course correction. Um, I think there's enough threads uh, that. Uh, Johnson left uh, for for you know Abrams to be able to pull from, uh, and I think that uh, there's there's a lot of story to be had between uh, Kylo and Ray and their relationship and what that means to them, um, and also like where do you take Poe from here? Where do you take? Um, uh, uh, Thin from here, uh, does the relationship between uh, Thin and Rose blossom, or you know, is, is she a sacrificial lamb, or is he, the you know, the same thing? Like that, there, there's a lot that he can use after this episode, um, and that's the thing that I, I think most people don't get um, after episode eight, like. I understand people's qualms with it, um, ultimately as a film, and most importantly, like, I feel like I understand it did not, like, end with you um, having, like, this question of where do we go now? Like, it, it, it really didn't have that quality, whereas, like, something like Avengers Infinity War was, like, Obviously, we know Spider-Man's not dead, but like, how do they, how do they go back and like stop Thanos? Like that was huge. Like how, like, like even though we we know the snap isn't like set in stone, we know that's going to be reversed. The big question though is how does it get reversed? Whereas in 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 you know Star Wars, it's like we don't get that same kind of how kind of question it's where what what is going on where do we go from here um so it's not the same uh it it doesn't set up everything the way that you would necessarily want a um a a part two um to lead into the the final chapter um to, to set everything up um, so I, I, you know, I understand that as as, as like a, a griping point for some people, um, but nevertheless, uh, I don't know. I'm really excited. I I don't expect a huge course correction. I think we're going to get um, an awesome movie movie by Abrams, uh, and I think it will involve um, a a lot of kind of bringing everything on home. 
uh, and we'll have, um, in my opinion, uh, a lot of deaths. Uh, and I'm going to make a bold prediction here. I think Ray will die, um, and it will be Kylo um, who ends up saving the day. Um, I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that. Fair enough, fair enough. I think the, the biggest thing that disappointed me about Colin not doing the, the third movie is there was a rumored scene that Colin uh, wanted to do that had um, Ray and Luke on this on this planet. Uh, it was mm-hmm. it was super dark out. Um, yeah. You see, like the you see the sun look like it's starting to to go down, like it, it's approaching to go down, and you see Kylo's ship land, and out comes Kylo and the Knights of Ren, um, and you see this huge battle of the Knights of Ren and Kylo uh, versus um, Ray and Luke, uh, and it was yeah. going to be this all-out battle that Colin desperately wanted. That was one of his biggest reasons for wanting Luke to still be alive. And we will never get that scene. (laughs) But we might get something even better. You never know. Maybe. I trust trust Abrams. Um, But, uh, Joel, what are your thoughts on the idea of Abrams kind of wanting, you know, to to get that second chance to to kind of, you know, wrap up the story that he started? Um, do you kind of agree with what Nick was saying, or do you think his third movie is going to be somewhat, not drastically, but somewhat different than the second one? No, I, I pretty much agree with Nick. Um, I think it'll be more of a palate cleanser than anything for what happened in the second movie, even though I like, I, I know the, uh, we, especially on here, uh, enjoyed the second movie. Um, but I know a lot of people didn't. There was a whole big bullshit about it. But I think bringing Abrams back uh, – was for that reason. I think it's just a matter of just letting him close out what he started. Um, Ryan Johnson did his thing, and now uh, JJ can come in and do whatever he wants to do to close it up and uh, and put a nice little bow on it. And I think that's what he's going to do, and I think that's what they meant by course correction in terms of, like, just making people feel good again uh, and pleasing all the fans, kind of like what the first one did. When they, did with, when they brought back Star Wars with Episode Seven. it's like – everyone was happy. Now, a lot of it was nostalgia, and you're just happy to see Star Wars again <laughs> in, in new yeah. light. But a lot of it was also just the, everybody – you can nitpick all you want. There was just a, a lot of, to feel good about, and I think that's what he's going to do again. Ryan Johnson took chances, uh, some for the good, some for the bad. But uh, I, And I appreciate everything he did with that second movie. Um, but I really am looking forward to seeing how J.J. wraps it up and, and, and tries to please everyone but also do his own thing. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you guys. I think the thing that confused me the most about where Ryan decided to take uh, the second movie has nothing to do with Ryan. Uh, My biggest gripe is with Disney because when you decided to bring Star Wars back to continue the story um, Mm -hmm. with obviously the Skywalker name uh, and then do a trilogy, my biggest thing was, was it ever a meeting on what you wanted the three movies to be, like what you wanted the course to be going forward with these three movies. Um, And I say I assume they didn't because usually when you hire three different directors, um, it's usually never to make the same feeling with each movie. Um, That's why Ryan, you know, I applaud him for going left. Everyone was assuming he needed to go right. Um, But, Dane, uh, the question I want to ask for you is, um, with the approach that Ryan did from what J.J. J. Abrams set up, um, 
if you're going into the mind of J.J. Abrams approaching this third movie, do you kind of try to approach it to where it's like, all right, well, obviously I was setting up something that you went away from, so let me kind of figure out a way to tie this into a knot. Or do you kind of just sit in a room, you know, obviously you're writing the script, but do you kind of talk to Ryan and kind of figure out a way to take what he did and then take what you want and then tie that off? Or are you kind of like, no, no, I know what I was setting up. I'm going to just go back to what I was doing before and then wrap this thing up. Well, you know, it's basically what is the, what does the term course correction really mean? And uh, for me that I'm just wondering if that means that they're trying to channel what the fans want and they notice the effects from certain fans of the last film about doing things a certain way that makes more sense towards the star Wars, like, I guess I don't want to say generic, but like, you know, where, where they think that people would want to go. Uh, I hope it's not like that. I hope that they actually keep on going the completely different direction and set up stuff for the future just com- just by itself. And uh, I hope that Abrams is working with Ryan Johnson. I, I think he is, obviously, uh, for this new one to kind of find out what direction. Now, I, I, the, the course correction concept like i said it's it's just very intriguing of what exactly it means what are they trying to course correct from they had original idea now they're trying to do something i don't know i I just i i I think that everything will be fine i am one of the weirdos that really enjoyed the second movie i like ryan johnson's Mm -hmm. film i I didn't have a problem with it um and i also like the first film i like the second one better but they were both fun i i wonder if this is gonna have more elements of the original trilogy, like the first one did, like J.J. Abrams did originally, or if this is just going to be a good wrap-up that's completely different. Uh, just I don't know what they're evaluating uh, the course correction based off of. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing, and I'm glad you said it before, uh, of you know, Abrams getting in that room, talking to, to Ryan. The funny thing to me is saying, I felt as though um, – Ryan didn't necessarily have a sit-down with, with J.J. because the thought was there was always going to be a different director to end it. Um, so it was like I didn't really need to have the conversation with J.J. because I was taking from what he did and making my own story. Um, now J.J. is taking from what he started, Ryan took, that he now has to finish. So it works in reverse. But I definitely feel like if you're Abrams, yeah, have a sit-down, talk to him, see where he was trying to go with it and see how you guys can kind of, you know, piece it together so it makes it, um, you know, great for everyone. Uh, Because I think we enjoyed the first two, so how they ended, I think we'd be fine with. But for a lot of people, they are looking for that quote-unquote course correction that kind of feels more like what they wanted the second one to be, but in the third one. And my whole approach to that is the second one obviously went, away from what you quote-unquote diehard Star Wars fans wanted it to be. So the, the idea of a course correction no longer applies. I mean, Snoke's dead. Luke's dead. So it's like all the things you wanted that second one to be, Ray isn't, uh, isn't um, related to Luke or Han or anyone. So all those things that those people wanted to be in the second one, you can't course correct that now. Like that's now, that's now canon to the story. Um, so JJ just kind of has to go yeah. and just wrap things up. Um, no, but, well, um, you go ahead. could you still make Ray relate? Like, yeah, I mean, you could still make her related to, like, the fact that Kylo has the the um, tells her like your your parents were junkers 
and they abandon you. Like, who's to say those were her biological parents? You know, like, they they could still make that kind of course correction. Um, But I hope they don't. I really hope they don't because that's the thing, like, to me, like, obviously, the, the, the notion of, like, bloodlines and all of that is stupid it, because um, Jedis are supposed to um, be celibate and not, like, love. So, like, if that's the case, how would, like, the Jedi lineage continue other than um, just people being, like, anomalies amongst the Force and right. being born with exactly. like these these like great gifts from the force, um, and Ray's just some she's just one of those anomalies. She's just born with like this like extreme gifts. Like she is more gifted with the force than anybody um, in a long, long time, uh, and she is very important. Important, um, and you know that's the thing to be like that that makes sense and it and it also ties into everything that Luke has set up beforehand like that you know that that ultimately bloodlines are not important because if they were then you know they would be having Jedis trying to mass produce children to create more Jedis they don't do that so yeah. you you have to find Jedis through some other means and like she has those other means right so and, much what I said so much sweatiness just now. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Thank Um, you. Yeah, but no, no, I completely agree with you, Nick. I I think that's why I I didn't hate when Ryan Johnson went that route. I just didn't expect it because I thought he was going the route of what was set up from what it looked like was set up from Abrams, which was she was related to somebody that we knew. Um, Didn't have to be Luke. Um, It was just someone that we knew. Uh, and then when he took the the left turn, and it was like, there's no one. <laughs> She's a nobody. That was like, oh, honestly, okay. other than <laughs> that's probably my second favorite part of the movie. Um, my first favorite part of the movie was when Snow got fucking axed. Um, and so See, I, I got hard. All, I'm not gonna lie. Every, I got hard everybody who like hates both those parts, like I'm sorry, I loved both of them. They were both yeah. excellent to me. I'm with you, yeah. Nick. Thank you. No, I. I didn't hate it. I just, I was like, man, like, I really wanted to see, like, could we see maybe Snoke turn into, like, maybe he was actually Plagueis, and we see, like, a, a, a lightsaber battle between him and Luke, and then it was just like, nope, not important, neither well, is right. <laughs> but here's the thing. He could still be, like, he could still be anything yeah, like, you wanted like him to be. Right. Like, it, that's the thing. Like, the fucking Emperor wasn't, like, the Emperor that we know until the prequels. So, right, but him being dead kind of like doesn't really. Yeah, but they could they could expound upon that in in either prequels or like uh, right, well, yeah, one yeah. offs no, or with that. or or like extended as... material, whether it be comics or television shows or what have you. Like yeah, it, it like his character is not done, and that's the thing that people no. like like freak out about and don't realize is like like you like his character can still have vast importance to the, the Star Wars universe, and we can explore that, but as far as this particular story, he is not important. What's important is Kylo and Rey. And, right. you know, like, what was important in the original trilogy was Luke and Vader. 
And, like, the, the Emperor really did not have a lot to do with that. And we didn't know anything about the Emperor other than he was just this big, bad dude um, who could mm-hmm. shoot lightning out of his fingers. Like, right. I, that's I think all we really knew is, about him. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is I think a lot of people felt for Snoke, like a lot of people felt for uh, Maul, that it was like, man, you thought it was going to lead to, like, this huge thing sure. that maybe you get to see him going forward. Yeah. And although they might have attacked Maul maybe in the books, we didn't hear anything else about Darth Maul until the animated series. Um, And albeit we were thankful that we got it, but it was that long before we got an expanded part on his story. Exactly, but that's my like that's my point is that we did get so much material on Maul like after the fact, Um, and and we got all of this like cool shit to like follow up on whether it be the Clone Wars or Rebels or even his little cameo in Solo despite the, the stupid like I don't know why he had to ignite his lightsaber other than we want a lightsaber in this movie um, but like <laughs> but nevertheless like we, we, we got a lot of him later on and I think we will get that from Snoke I think we will know Snoke's history and where he came from and and, and exactly who he was and what he was trying to do and all that, we'll get all that. But, like, that wasn't important. And, and, and here's the thing. I don't think that was ever going to be important. Like, how are you going to delve into all of that in the story that is Ray and Kylo's story? Like, you weren't. Yeah, no, so, I, like, I don't understand why people are so upset that he got, like, axed. The only thing that I can think of is that, like, they were like, well, I had this theory that he was going to be so-and-so or so-and-so, and, like, now that he's dead, like, my theory doesn't matter anymore, and, like, I'm mad. <laughs> All right? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had my theories, too. I just didn't get fucking butthurt about it, like, you know? Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I, I get you. And like you said, they could explore it through other avenues. It's just the, the idea of waiting so when they find it necessary to explore that exactly. I think is, is uh is, is what's uh heartening for is <laughs> like it it stresses out a lot of fans. But um let's move yeah. on. We're gonna kick it to Dane for a word from our sponsors. Hey, how's it going? Hey guys. <laughs> hey guys, remember the days when, you know, you could do multiple rounds in the bedroom like it was nothing. Now yeah. you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. So listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue Ooh. like the blue color. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the SEM FDA-approved uh, active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed, or prescribed, I mean, online, and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting for the pharmacist, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They've made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a, a pharmaceutical. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code of GVN, Geek Vibes Nation. Just pay $5 shipping. 
Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W, BlueChew.com, and promo code GVN to try it free. BlueChew is better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring our broadcast. Absolutely. Thank you very much to Dane and Bluetooth. All right, guys, let's move on to our next topic. That is a very fun one. We've been waiting for, I'd say, at least 30 different decades for this news. And that is the news that Bad Boys 3 is officially happening. Breaking news. It's officially happening. No more of listening to Martin Lawrence, who seems like he has no idea what's actually going on in these meetings. Will Smith made it official that it is happening, and we trust Will. Um, so, so very quickly, I'm going to go around to you guys to, to see what your hype is about the official announcement that Bad Boys 3 is happening. Dan, I'll start with you. Uh, Martin Lawrence has been saying uh, this movie is going to happen, I think, for the last uh, three different presidents that we've had. So I'm happy that we're finally going to get Bad Boys 3. I am very excited to see the guys together. I love the the uh, last two uh, Bad Boys movies. It proves that, you know, uh, Michael Bay is actually a very accomplished director, especially when it comes to action and those type of comedic chops. And I'm happy to have, whole, I think the three of them, I think Michael Bay's coming back to direct. But regardless, you got Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, and it just will make me feel like a kid again. Uh, so I, I think that's that's the coolest thing. And now they're old as shit, but Will Smith does not look like it. Not so much for Martin. But I love you, Martin Lawrence. I will say, luckily for them, uh, they never really had to be extra action in any of those two movies. So them being old doesn't really put that much of a uh, a damper on things. Uh, if it was Lethal Weapon, that'd be a different story. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on Bad Boys 3 uh, being officially announced? Um, I think it's awesome. I uh, I will very much look forward to, um, I'm going to go ahead and say it, renting this movie on uh, Redbox. Um, I'm not going to go see it in, in theaters, um, but I look forward to seeing it nonetheless. Um, and, you know, like, it, it, I, I love Bad Boys. I love the original Bad Boys. It's fucking awesome. Uh, Bad Boys 2 is okay. Um, it kind of reminds me of um, the transition between the first um, three diehards to diehard four, um, live for your diehard, um, which is like over-the-top action, um, and so is Bad Boy 2. It. I, I mean, not so much. Um, <laughs> I, I, I much preferred uh, um, the original diehard and uh, diehard with a vengeance. Um, Dire 2 is okay. Um, it's, it's a little more over the top action as well. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I hope they return to form. Um, I hope they don't go too over the top action with this one. Um, I hope it's more like diehard, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, bad boys, like the first one. Um, because that movie was fucking amazing. It had such great nuances, and it had a great story and everything else, um, and I I hope that, like, this um, reflects that more than the second one. Um, I, I'm going to 
cross my fingers because I'm I'm not going to hold my breath, but I'll cross my fingers on it um, because I think it'll probably be another kind of action-packed movie, which is fine. Those have their, their places, too. I'd just rather see, like, something more in, in the vein of um, his early stuff uh, with, like, Bad Boys or The Rock than, you know, something like a, a Liam Neeson, a recent Liam Neeson picture. Um, just just personally, like, that's, that's what I would prefer. You know, we'll see. We'll see what we get. All right, <clears throat> Jello, what are your thoughts on Bad Boys 3 officially happening? I'm officially excited. Um, I, I, I'm a big Bad Boys fan. Like, I've loved Bad Boys since, obviously, the original Bad Boys. I love the second Bad Boys a lot. Um, and I was hoping maybe we get a third one much sooner than we're actually getting it. Uh, but I'll take it. I mean, there's still, I still think they can give us something, and I'm excited to see them try to pull it off. Um I'm a big fan of this series more so than a lot of people, so I, I just I, I'm used to getting uh, the, the criticism for liking them. But I love these two mov- those two movies, and I do I, I really am excited. Really enough, I love both uh, Martin and, and and Will, and I can't wait to see uh, Marcus Burnett and Mike Lowry out there again in Miami, busting people's asses and shooting people, and I just can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And I do agree uh, really quick. I do agree with you on wanting it a lot sooner than we got it. I thought the best time to do this movie, especially for Will, was right after After Like, like have people go, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the Will Smith we love. <laughs> Those are the kind of movies we want you in. Don't do stuff like this again. Um, but instead, he follows up with Suicide Squad and, you know, well, okay, whatever. Uh, By the way, <laughs> uh, just just yeah. a quick question, Jawan. Um yeah. Better, better Lowry, uh, Mike Lowry or Kyle Lowry? Um, well, one of them doesn't exist to me, so Mike Lowry. Um, all right, <laughs> uh, let's move on. Um, I want to get these two topics in, so let's kind of go quickly over our responses. Um, one of them is we got our first official look at Henry Cavill as Geralt in the new Witcher series starring uh, – not starring uh, – <laughs> That's going to be on Netflix. Um, Joel, I will go to you first. How badly does this first look make you want to buy Witcher 3? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been wanting it since he got casted. Like, I was excited for it to be coming to Netflix. I have, again, I don't know much about the series. So when Henry Cavill was attached, I was like, oh, shit, I think I should probably start playing it just to get a better feel for it. And then they gave <laughs> us that look. And I'm like, okay, I, I, I see where they're going. Now, again, I know the Witcher three. Uh, I mean, I know Geralt from Witcher three. So the Witcher, the the Geralt I know looks a little bit more rugged. That's why when I thought when they were casting it, they'd cast someone older, but they went a little bit younger with Henry Cavill. So he looks like a younger version of Geralt, less uh, beat up. Because if you know, see Geralt, he kind of looks a little bit older, rugged, a little weathered. Uh, he has that beard and he has a scar. He's kind of missing that in in the first look that we got of Geralt so far. But I'm fine with that because it's a series, and it'll probably progress to get to that point. So I can't wait to see the backstory of a game I plan on playing soon because I don't really plan on playing one and two. So three is going to have to be it for me in this series. Yeah, uh, it, it's an evolution is what I kept trying to tell people, and it's based off of the books, not necessarily wholeheartedly the video game. Um, right, right, So right. it's, it's going to be the growth of the character. 
that gets to that point. I mean, if obviously they're going with the character, I assume in his 30s he wasn't looking like he was 50. So just allow right. the character to get to that point. Like, just let it play out. Um, Dane, what, what are your thoughts on us getting the first look at Henry Cavill as Droll? I, I like the look. Um, I have to admit, though, I, I don't have a lot in this whole entire thing, except for I'm looking forward to the series. Never read the books, uh, which is based off of, and the video games are based off of, and I've never played the video games. But uh, the mythos of it sounds fascinating, and I'm sure the series is going to be good. I know a lot of people were pissed off about facial hair and scars on faces um, from what the Internet said. Uh, I don't know anything about that, but I think that a lot of people, including Joel, said that it was probably due to the fact that this is a younger version of him will progress to get like, you know, well, basically, I think that if you've seen a picture of The Witcher, uh, you kind of know that face. Uh, it's, it was from the last game. So um, that mm-hmm. look, um, hopefully it's not in a situation like uh, people have been waiting for uh, Oliver Queen to finally get facial hair. And we're on the eighth season. Uh, but the show is going to be great, and um, I'm looking forward to it. Henry Cavill, uh, cool mythos, you know, count me in. Yeah. Yes, no, no, I'm, I'm completely with you. And I, I will say, I think we'll get uh, Geralt's facial hair before we get the comic-accurate Oliver Queen that we want. Um, but Nick, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on the first look as Henry Cavill as Geralt? Looks badass. Like, I mean, pretty much, I mean, most of what Joel and, and, and Dane said, I mean, pretty much all of what they said. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he looks awesome. I am super excited to see what he brings to this role. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I very much look forward to see, like, him going through his trials and tri- tribulations and, and, and how he kind of ends up being somewhat haggard. Um, possibly at the end of this first season, um, but uh, but yeah, I'm 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 really excited for it. I think he he looks fucking cool as shit. I will say uh, the biggest thing, um, if anyone, Joel, I know you are going to, but Dane and Nick, if you guys ever do uh, at some point play Witcher Three, uh, the biggest thing I'm looking for is the Netflix series to show some of the bears and like the monsters that are huge in the game. I'm I'm really curious how to see how that plays out in show form, because uh, Joel, one thing I'm going to tell you, man, is those bears and stuff are huge. Uh, and they do not stop; they are relentless, man. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how they put that in show form. Um, but all right, let's move on. There's another topic that I was really curious to see what you guys felt about, and it's the Avatar. Uh, we got the titles for the sequels. Uh, this is according to BBC News. Apparently, we're getting Avatar The Way of Water, Avatar The Seed uh, Bearer, uh, and uh, Avatar The Tolkien Rider, and Avatar The Quest of Iwa. All right, none of that sounds attractive to me, mainly because I wasn't that huge a fan of the first one. But, Joel, I'll go, I'll go to you first. Uh, what is your hype level at with knowing that we're getting all these Avatar movies and now getting the, the official titles for them? I am so fucking not that psyched. It's mainly because I um I'm not a big Avatar guy. Like I liked the movie. I really did like the first movie a lot. I saw it. It was well, I think the first movie I saw at IMAX. Honestly, uh, I could be wrong, but I remember seeing at least seeing that one by myself and uh, watching it in 3D IMAX. And it was beautiful. Story was pretty decent. 
Uh, and then, you know, it was fine for what it was. And then we hear all this about 8,000 sequels. And I'm like, I mean, I'm just good with one other one. I didn't need five. I, I didn't, it's like a book series. Like, they're, like, laying it out. And I'm like, can you not wait to see how the sequel does before you start putting money into I don't know. It's it's kind of putting the, the cart before the horses for me. But, hey, uh, all the power to them. Uh, I thought the movie was decent, so I can't imagine them that the second one not doing well. But, I mean, it is James Cameron, so I'm not I'm not doubting him. Yeah, I, I don't really know what to think of it either. My biggest thing was it took him 10 years to make the first one. Uh, and now yeah. apparently some of these might be shot back to back. So it's like, uh, yeah. okay, all right, Crazy. whatever. <laughs> Whatever. It's crazy, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but Nick, what are your thoughts on uh the official titles for the Avatar sequels and are you hyped for I assume the second one is supposed to be the way of the water. Because I think they said the second one that takes place uh underwater. In the words of Stan Marsh, don't care, don't care, don't care. Um, I I don't I don't care. <laughs> um I, I, like I am more like I, I just want to see the the fucking Terminator sequel that you're gonna do um, that takes place after Terminator Two um, because mm-hmm. I'm way more hyped for that uh, like that to me like bringing Linda Hamilton back and uh, Arnie back and all you know everything that has to do with that to me like is I'm way more hyped for it than Avatar Two Three Four Five six, seven, eight, fuck, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't, I think the first Avatar was okay. It was, it was, it was an okay movie. They got way more kind of praise than I think it deserved, or not even praise, like, because it, it didn't, I, honestly, I don't feel like it gets that much praise. Um, I think it just, it just got way more box days. office. It got way more box office dollars than it deserved um, because started, it was like and it started like, a trend, a horrible trend. That too, but like, but like it, it you know, it, it fucking won the box office and like I don't know. James Cameron thinks like it's a it's a gold mine and I don't I don't think it is. I I, I think um, he's going to be maybe a little disappointed um, when he sees you know what the return is on the, the sequel. Um, I don't think it's going to lose money. I just don't think it's going to make um, as much money as, you know, what he and the studio are hoping for. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't care. I don't – it doesn't it, it doesn't really interest me. I, I, just, I would much rather just see his, his version of Terminator 3 um, because that – something that I actually uh, have a vested interest in because T2 Judgment Day is one of the best fucking sci-fi movies of all fucking time, and I want to see a proper fucking sequel to that. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting because I don't really think many studios would let movies do back-to-back-to-back without seeing what at least the second one does in a box office first. So it'll be interesting to see, one, how much money they throw at James Cameron to do all of these, and if they all actually happen. Um, but, right. Dane, what are your thoughts on um, James Cameron giving us sequels to Avatar that no one really asked for? And <laughs> what are your thoughts on the title? Pass. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I love it, Dane. Thank you. 
Um, all right, so really quickly, guys, I want to go over some. We got uh, some wrapping for filming. Uh, we have it. Chapter two is officially wrapped filming, and the brand new Terminator has officially wrapped filming. Uh, very quickly, give me your thoughts on both of those two films and your expectations. Uh, Dan, I'll start with you. I'm sorry. What was the first film? I, I didn't hear you. Oh, it chapter two. All, both movies. I'm looking forward to uh, a lot. So, I mean, I love the Tim Miller, uh, James Cameron uh, thought up, like, you know, I mean, Nick was just saying with the new Terminator movie and them working together to make it a sequel to T2 and go back to basics, uh, something that Jenny Smith or Genesis or whatever the fuck that one was called uh, tried to do, <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't really work out too well. And uh, it chapter two, great cast. Um, I, I, I'm really looking forward to both movies. Uh, 80s are coming back again. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, I was born in 93. Oh, yeah, sure. All right, anyway, uh, Joel, what are your thoughts on It Chapter 2, wrapping, filming, and uh, the brand-new Terminator? And what are your, I'd say, excitement? What's your Those excitement are both them? I, um, I think it's awesome, awesome, and I'm excited for both, but more, more so for It, because I love the first one and can't wait to see what they do with the second one. And Terminator, I'm a little more skeptical on the Terminator one because, you know, it's Terminator, but... I am looking forward to seeing this new version with the new cast and uh, apparently it being a sequel to the best Terminator. Yeah, the old cast, exactly, being a sequel to Judgment Day. So I'm excited for that. All right. uh, Nick, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as It Chapter 2, I I like the cast that they have laid out for it. Um, So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that immediately got me hyped. Um, I finally saw it like maybe three or four months ago, and it was really good. Um, yes, it, it, it was kind of your your typical. Um, uh, it was it was a good blend of your typical horror, like uh, a horror movie of today's age, uh, coupled with like enough elements to make it like appealing to somebody like me who doesn't like your typical jump scare horror movie. So I think they blended it very well. I'm excited to see what they do with the second one. As far as again for Terminator Three, like it, again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just call call it that because that's basically what it is. Uh, it, like I'm so fucking pumped for this. Like I cannot wait to see Linda Hamilton back as Sarah Connor. Uh, fucking shit up. Like yes. Like sign me the Rizzo. fuck up. I can't wait. All right. So this last topic before we wrap it up, I want you guys to be quick on it. Um, according to Peter Dinklage, the Game of Thrones season finale, uh, or final season battle rather, is so brutal it makes Battle of the Bastards look like a theme park. Dane, does that blow your mind? Uh, the whole concept in which they were talking about, how it took 55 consecutive nights to film this. And, and think about an aspect. The same director that filmed this final battle scene uh, did a battle with the bastards, and it was a little bit under a month to film that. You could film about two movies in the course of 55 fucking days. So this is going to be ridiculous. This is going to be huge. I believe Peter Dinklage, and I'm looking forward so much this last season of Game of Thrones, and I want to watch it right now. Nick, your thoughts? Oh, my God, dude. I can't fucking wait. I... Love Game of Thrones with a passion, and the fact that like Peter Dinklage came out and said like this essentially makes 
the Battle of the Bastards look like ginger beer. Like, fuck yes. I can't wait to see this. Uh, I, I, I believe him, and I think it's going to be uh, everything that we want it to be, and it's going to blow all our minds, and I can't fucking wait to see it. All right, Joel. Yeah, I can't imagine anything being better than Battle of the Bastards, but I, it is a finale and it's a final battle. I I don't need, I can't even process how it's going to be and how it's going to look and where, where it's going to go, and I'm just so mad that it's going to take so long for it to get here. But only a couple more months left, so we'll see. All right, and I am sitting here like I should probably start season one, but uh, let's move on. Yeah, we fucking should. <laughs> Yeah, um, you definitely should. Yeah, I probably should. Um, but really no, quickly, no, 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 probably about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so probably. Um, really quickly, because I know how how big of a fan, uh, how big of fans we are of this show. Really quickly, according to Deadline, Netflix has renewed Castlevania for a third season. Nick, how excited are you? Fuck yes! I can't fucking wait, dude. My fucking. Uh, my uh, internet has been out at my apartment complex all day. I, I literally sat down to finally watch season two last night and decided I'm going to rewatch season one. And so I rewatched season one. I got through uh, the first episode of season two, and I was like, just felt myself like fucking falling asleep. And not because the show is not amazing, but because I was just really fucking super tired. And so, like, I was like, all right, I got to fucking go to sleep, but I'm going to watch it in the morning. And then my fucking... Internet was out today, and I haven't been able to watch anything past season, uh, first episode of season two. But first episode <laughs> of season two was amazing, and I can't wait to fucking finish it. And it's, uh, I'm sure it's gonna be fucking awesome, and I can't wait to see season three and the rest of season two. It's, it's one of the best fucking series on Netflix, and yes, fucking awesome that they got another season coming. Absolutely. Bro. Season two is season two is worth it, man. It was worth the wait. Uh but Joel, oh, I can't wait to fuck watch it. I'm super excited. I'm super happy to hear it got a sequel. Uh I'm on another sequel. And um I haven't started season two yet. I want to and I just haven't gotten to it. But I plan to hopefully soon get right through it because it's a quick binge. So I I'll go right through that and, and wait forever. Maybe maybe I'll take my time so because that third season might take a while. So we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. But like I said, guys, it is really good. Um, Dane, what are your thoughts? Well, apparently, I need to start the first season of Castlevania. But <laughs> not apparently, <laughs> like definitely. <laughs> like Juwan and fucking Game of Thrones. Like, watch that shit. Apparently, Dane, I'm with you. Apparently, 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 I will or I won't. Whatever. Anyway, um, <laughs> one more topic I want to go around really quickly on. Because uh, I know you guys wanted to talk about this. Apparently, Legend of Zelda is getting a series. I've never played the game, Joel. Oh my God! You're no longer the host. That's it. Are we? Are we <laughs> not going to spend six minutes just chastising fucking Jawan for never having played fucking Zelda? No, <laughs> like, give me your thoughts here for two hours. Let me go series. the photo and now him with Legend of Zelda. My heart hurts. It does. Well, well Jawan, just for your information, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is one of the greatest fucking video games ever fucking made. I've been told uh, that yes. every day a at work. Every day I've been told that at work. Every day. Yes, and you need to fucking play it because it is fucking amazing. Uh, and if if they make a, a, like a, a TV series 
uh, about Velvet. The, the, is it going to be live action? I'm going to try to. Be, I'm going to try to be real quick about this. Like, I don't the cool think we thing know about yet. Zelda, but like the really cool thing about Zelda is it takes place over different periods of time, and so like mm-hmm. the like essentially like there are different um, links. Uh, like Link to the Past is is like the same link as is in like uh, one of the other video games but different from the one from Ocarina of Time and different from the one in, in the original fucking Zelda. Like it, right. it, it's, a, it, it's a time travel thing kind of. Um, and like, the, the, like it's, it's, it's a super fucking cool element that it like involves um, that character um, and like they could do so much with that. Uh, if if you get somebody who is truly passionate about the storyline of um, Link and the Zelda franchise. So that is something that I probably won't ever play. All right, Joel, what do you think on Legend of Zelda getting a uh, series? It's a dream come true if it actually gets done because I've always wanted to see something with Legend of Zelda, whether it's animated or live action. I will take either one. Uh, I always prefer live action as long as it's you know plausible. So I would I would love nothing more than to see something come to life. Just to see it come to life. Playing a video game is one thing. I love playing video games. It's another thing to just see it come to life. It's just it's a different experience. So I would love to see Legend of Zelda done right. And it's the same guy that that does the Castlevania Netflix series. So I'm just saying. Fuck <laughs> yes. Oh God, my hype level just got even higher. <laughs> All right, Dane, are you just as excited? Yes, I am. Uh, you're you're completely wrong and mistaken for not checking out this damn video game. Anyways, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna calm down. Yeah, you were absolutely wrong for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope it's like I hope it's like Lord of the Rings meets Cloud Atlas in a fucking that's an awesome show. That's <laughs> that's what I want. I, yeah, I just yeah, imagine I mean, like Juwan playing like Majora's Mask like one time and being like, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> yeah, I can't get into this. It's not my thing, uh, so I'm never yeah. gonna revisit it. And it's just yeah, like, dude, just, like, yeah, like fucking put put your fucking uh, GameCube controller down. Go pick up a fucking uh, N64 and and goddamn play Ocarina nah, of Time, man. man. Nah, it's man. Fucking I spent my youth playing it's Mega so Man. Great. I spent my youth playing Mega Man. I'll get to Legends of Zelda. At I some love point. Mega Man. I'm just, yeah, man, man, great. It's, it's, it's no Ocarina of Time, though. Like, I don't yeah. doubt that. I mean, not, people make Ocarina of Time seem like it was the greatest game ever made, but we know that's golden. It's, it's so. up there. It's up there. It's really good. But, um, all right, guys, so you've given me a list of things that I probably in a month from now will be still telling you I haven't tried yet, but um, I'll work on oh, it. Oh, my Lord. Um, all right, guys, this is another great show. Dane, Joel, Nick, thank you guys very much. Geek Nation, we will see you guys next Sunday or Saturday. Who knows? Um, but most important thing is, guys, Tuesday, go out and vote. It does not matter what side, just go out and vote, please. Word. Uh, but we will see you guys same time, same place next week. Peace. Peace. Go vote. Go to die, motherfucker.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.